0: The Cincinnati Reds had a narrative in mind with the most recent iteration of RedsFest as they attempt to rebuild fan trust. But there was a big picture that I hope they saw from the two days at the convention center this past weekend. Their narrative is headed in the right direction, but their takeaway from RedsFest should be clear. And I'll tell you why on today's Locked on Reds. You are locked on Reds. Daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker he is away today and tomorrow. He's actually traveling back to Hawaii, got the chance to spend the weekend with him for Reds Fest. So it's just going to be you and me on today and tomorrow's show. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making our, your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. And I appreciate you bearing with me today. Lost my voice at the Bengals and chiefs game. On Sunday on today's podcast, I want to recap my experience at Reds Fest, and this is probably something that Steve and I will rehash here uh, in the coming days, but Reds Fest was huge this year. And there were a couple of different feelings that I had about it, walking around, getting to see a bunch of people and things like that. I'll recap some highlights here later on in the show, but there are two big things that I took away from this, the narrative that the Reds had and the feeling that they should have gotten from the event. And, and, that's where I'm going to start because for me, the big picture of reds fest is that reds country is pleading for a winner. We want to believe we are ready to believe that the reds know how to build a winning team, but we're not going to be patiently waiting for many more years. This is something that has gone on to the point where there's plenty of fans asking, what's the point? What are we doing here? What are the Reds trying to accomplish this year, if not to win? And the Reds had a good narrative in place for that. Something we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. But the big picture for me was, I think that Reds country is ready to accept this team. We are ready to back this team. I don't know if you agree with me, but as I was at Reds Fest and I was walking around, there were more people there than I thought there were going to be. There, there have been plenty of people, whether they be in the comments section or they're on Twitter, or I just run into them and I talk to them on a daily basis. That they have this feeling of I'm done. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to spend time on this team anymore. I don't know that I'm going to spend money on this team anymore. So in my mind, I kind of thought, boy, Reds Fest might be kind of sparse you know steve was flying into town i was just like steve i think it's gonna be you me and the players right and some of the coaches and the broadcasters because it just didn't feel like there were a lot of people that were jazzed up about it but friday and saturday i wasn't there friday but i heard about friday saturday they just they absolutely proved to me that reds fans love their team there is no question that reds country wants to be here they want to support this team they want to spend money on this team but they're just not getting very many reasons to do that now so if the reds didn't take away from this weekend that there is an appetite for their ball club and that they should do something to not only continue that appetite but to strengthen it then i don't know what they're doing because as you watched people walk around and as you saw them Spending money at the Authentics booth, and which, by the way, this is a uh, story that I'll tell here in a little bit. This is a new acquisition. Uh, uh, but as you saw them, you know, spending money on food and beverages and, and, and all the different collectibles and getting to sign autographs and getting to take pictures with players and with coaches and all this other stuff, there's a vibe. People are ready for the season, people want to see what's coming up next. But I think that they're a little bit guarded in their optimism. And I think that that is well, uh, well earned, you know, it's a well-earned pessimism in what is going on with this franchise. But if the ownership, if Bob and the SOB, as, as Phil says, son of Bob, uh, Steve says, just call it Steve Phil. Anyway, Steve says, uh, son of Bob, uh, if they didn't watch that and see that, and take away from that that they need to invest in the roster, invest in some wins, (sighs) I I, I can't help them. And and look, they're not going to go out and spend big money. They're telling us in in the narrative that we'll talk about here in a little bit, they were showing us their plan, And, and they've told us before, they want to draft, they want to develop, they want to build from within. But they must understand. That all twenty-five guys, all twenty-six guys, are not going to come from draft picks. They're not going to come from guys who they bring up through their minor leagues. They have to trade well, and they have to sign well. And if they if they sign a veteran player that they then flip, they have to go back to trading well. Like this is where Nick Craw has to be responsible. We talked a lot about how well he did last year and how well he did in flipping Luis Castillo for prospects, flipping Tyler Malley for prospects and guys that we can be excited about. But that's only one part of this because you don't just draft prospects and win the world series. You have to develop them. You have to put them in the right spot. You have to give them the tools they need to succeed. And I don't necessarily have the answer as to whether this franchise can do that or not because they haven't, there's not been a team, uh, the team that was closest, I think, to having that sort of success was 2012, and they still didn't win a playoff series. As much as it hurts to say that and think about that team, because that team was so fun and that team was so good. But the way that they went out as just storybook awful as it was, was a referendum that everything that we had not seen since 1995 and really, even 2010, I mean, they were, they were in the playoffs, but it just kind of felt like it was Philadelphia's year, and they just steamrolled us and all this other stuff. But 2012, it felt like the Reds' year. And for that to be the only year since 1995 that we can say that, they have to get out, and they have to fix this team. They have to get it back into contention. They've got to... They've got to do what Kyle Farmer said. You know, Kyle Farmer in an interview, now that he's a Minnesota twin, was talking about how guys want to be here. They want to be Cincinnati Reds. They want to stay with the team. It's just it doesn't feel like the team wants to do much to keep them. Fix that. Do something about that. That's what Reds Fest should say to them. That's what Reds Fest should be telling Bob and Phil is that Reds country is pleading for a winner, but they're not going to wait patiently for many more years. The reds had a goal when it came to reds fest and they executed it to perfection coming up i will tell you what the goal was why they nailed it and why you shouldn't let it get twisted before we do that though i want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by bet online hope you took jacob Degrom to texas at plus 350. i called that i know steve said not texas i said texas Um, and that actually moved the Rangers odds to win the world series up a bit to, uh, you know, uh, 180 to one, but you know, I I don't know that I throw money on that just yet. They've still got some more work to do to make that team good. But if you want to find out the best place to throw your money, You got to go to betonline.net because betonline.net has all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game to help you get the inside edge on your next wager and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events whether you're talking about futures for Major League Baseball whether you're talking about the NFL as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs and Joe Burrow looks like an MVP candidate after beating Pat Mahomes for the third straight time gotta love it Uh, you got the end NBA you've got NCAA football and you've got NCAA basketball you've got MMA you've got boxing and golf will be coming up here soon they're kind of in the middle of their dead period of the year because well it's cold outside nobody wants to be outside in golf in this kind of weather anyway for all of the latest information on all those sports and more head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online is where the game starts Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds one of your first listens of the day. Coming up later this week, you are going to make sure, you're going to want to make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast, whether it be on your favorite app or on YouTube. Subscribe and get uh, click the bell to get notified on YouTube because we have a huge guest interview coming up this week. You aren't going to want to miss it. Trust me on that one. Make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss it. All right, the Reds had a narrative this weekend that they were pushing. They've done this in different forms with varying success and varying clarity. Uh, We've talked before about how the, uh, the PR needs some work, but they've been trying to tell us how they're going to run the team moving forward. Now, this is not me saying that I agree with the narrative or that I agree with their direction. This is me saying that the Reds did a very good job of presenting this narrative this past weekend, and that is that the Reds were featuring the future as much as they could, and they did a really good job of presenting it on stage. The talent, uh, the, the the challenge to this is obviously going to be getting the talent to perform on the field because... You know, they don't play baseball on a stage, at least not major league baseball, but they did a beautiful job of presenting this because the entire feeling for the weekend, whether it was uh, little sideshow games that they played on the main stage, whether it was interviews on the main stage, whether it was the featured autograph session sessions or the featured photograph sessions, they were pushing their top prospects. And if you, if you weren't there and you, and you didn't get a chance to see this, I'll describe it a little bit. If you thought you were going to get close to LA de la Cruz in any way, you weren't. And it wasn't because they were sequestering him or protecting him or making sure nobody could get near him. It's simply because of how many fans were constantly following him around, going to his autograph booths, going to his photograph booths. They wanted anything they could possibly get about LA de la Cruz and i thought you know he was he was funny up on stage in his interviews and things like that um because there were a couple of questions you could tell like he is just really hyper focused on getting to the major leagues and you know he was up on stage with Tyler Stevenson and with a couple of other guys and they were asking him things like what's your favorite area, is cincinnati area food or what's your favorite uh your favorite sports team in cincinnati that's not the reds or something like that and And Tyler Stevenson very emphatically talked about the Bengals and how much he loves the Bengals. And then they went to LA De La Cruz right after Tyler Stevenson, and he was just like, Bengals. It's like, yeah, no, this dude is focused on becoming the next big thing for the Cincinnati Reds. I don't think he's really got a whole lot of time to worry about the other stuff. But Ellie De La Cruz was just absolutely mobbed everywhere he went. If there was an autograph session that involved Noel V. Marte or Edwin Arroyo or Christian Encarnacion Strand, those lines were packed as well. People were excited about the future because the Reds did such a good job of putting that future on display. The Reds have told us, that the way they will build their next winner is from within the way that they will build them is through drafting and developing and probably developing prospects that they trade for, not necessarily drafted, but you know, they've, they've traded for a lot of guys in these last couple of drafts through different uh, trades, whether you're talking about the sunny gray trade or, or even uh, the most recent acquisition of Kyle Legamina um, from the twins it's the kind of thing that the Reds are going all in on the young prospects that they can build into the players that they want. And that is where the tough part comes because you can feature these guys to no end. I remember, I don't know if you remember this a couple of years ago, there was a minor league hitter, um, very big guy for the Reds, Ibandel Isabel and I apologize because losing my voice probably didn't say that very well. I'll try it again. Ibindel Isabel. Guy, like, broke the minor league record for home runs for the Reds. Just absolutely phenomenal power. And I remember him being there and signing autographs and getting to see him and thinking, boy, I wonder one day what he's going to be like at Great American Ballpark hitting home runs there. And then just nothing ever happened to that. So there's something to this about pushing the future. They themselves are also kind of pushing their chips all in because they based an entire Reds Fest around these future players. They did a very good job of it. I I feel as though I know more about them. I think if you're a casual fan who doesn't necessarily – pay that much attention to the minor leagues, but you went to reds fest and you heard some of the things that you got to hear in interviews and, and different, you know, kids only press conferences and things like that with guys like Christian Encarnacion strand and Andrew Abbott and Lion Richardson and, and the different guys, maybe who aren't even on the top 10 or top 15 lists, but the reds still did a good job of featuring them. You got to know them a little bit. And you got to think, okay, I think I get this guy. Like I, I, he seems like a good guy or something like that. Now we just got to see how they perform on the field because that's really what it's all about. At the end of the day, I, I think the, the toughest part about this narrative and about the idea of building the team from within and developing prospects and things like that is that it tends to be skewed that the Reds are trying to go cheap. And surely this is a lot less cheaper than going out and signing Jacob DeGrom and Aaron Judge and Trey Turner and Justin Verlander and all those guys, which of course they can't do, they uh, can't go get DeGrom or Verlander. Both those guys are signed now. But it's definitely cheaper than that. But if the Reds win, think about this. I, I think that the general consensus around this narrative is that it's negative and that it's the Reds telling us that they're not going to win. They're not telling us that they're not going to win. They're just telling us they're trying to do it a little bit differently. Whether or not it's successful is up to them. And I'm not here to tell you that I think it will be because I'm hopeful that it will, but I don't know for sure. It's a huge gamble on a lot of what ifs, but if they do start winning, are we really going to worry About whether or not there's going to be a lifetime red again, which by the way, that's a topic of a future conversation that Steve and I are going to have here on the pod. But if I were to tell you that the reds were never again going to have a Joey Votto, but in the next 10 years, they were going to win a world series. Would you take that? I would hundred percent. I would. And I think it sucks that they never got the chance to win one because I don't think they will. I mean, I'd love it if they would this year, but they never got a chance to win one with Joey Votto. But if you're telling me that I have to give up the idea that there's going to be a guy who is here for a decade or longer or something like that, but instead my team wins championships, that's the name of the game, man. I can learn to like new players as new players come along, but if they win, It's a lot easier to like them. It's a lot more fun to like them too. That's what this is all about. This narrative that they, the future. And I think it is very easy for us to get it twisted and say, well, this is them trying to tell us that they're going to be cheap. I think this is them coming up with a cost effective way to win. And obviously, the the old adage is, well: if it was easy to be cheap and still win a World Series, then everybody would have done it already. But the Reds have really invested in their development program. They've invested in their system, their their farm system, and, and the different guys who are coordinators for uh, pitchers and for uh, hitters and, and, and all the different positions. So I think that at the end of the day, if this is successful we're not worried about the finite miniature details of who's going to be here for their entire career and all this other stuff. And and what's the biggest contract because I want wins, whatever happens to get there as long as it's, you know, fine and not weird. That's what I want. And that's what the reds are trying to tell us. And, and, Really, it was kind of them putting themselves out there like this is what we're going to do. And if it doesn't work, then we're going to have to figure something else out. But this is what we're going to do because they were featuring the future as much as they could. And they did a very nice job of presenting it on stage. Overall, though, it was an amazing experience, one that Steve and I were grateful for. I know Steve's not here to, to talk about it, but I'll, I'll kind of give my highlights from the weekend coming up here in just a moment. But first this episode is brought to you in part by Simply Safe. At LockDown Reds, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season gives yourself and your family uh, the peace of mind and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering LockDown Reds listeners like you 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why I love it. It has the ease of control. All of the system's elements can be controlled through an app on your smartphone. Control your Simply Safe system from anywhere. It gives you peace of mind and easy access to safety. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. There's HD security cameras for inside and out. And it even has hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on my favorite security system. Get forty percent off any new system at simplysafe.com slash lockdown mlb today. That's simplysafecom safe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you so much for watching. Make sure that you're following the podcast and you click that bell to get notified. Like I mentioned earlier, big time guest coming up later this week. You're not going to want to miss it. Also make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, so uh, depending on how much you've watched the show on YouTube, and if you're listening on YouTube, I'm currently wearing a Reds jersey. Um, It is a new jersey, the number 23. Some of you might be saying, as I might be saying as I first saw this number come out of a mystery grab bag from the Authentics booth, number 23, oh, that's Adam Duvall. That'll be fun to see. No, this is a Jeff Hoffman Jersey and I would turn around, but there's a lot of semantics here and I don't think it would quite work. Trust me. It's a Jeff Hoffman. Jersey It's actually autographed on the back. And in case you are new to the show, this is something that over the course of Jeff Hoffman's tenure as a red, I've always been skeptical of him and thinking that he's not that good of a pitcher and things like that. And Jeff and and, uh, Jeff Hoffman's dad even called me out on Twitter for not liking his son and saying he was going to get me a Jersey and all this other stuff. Well, it just so happened that at Reds Fest, you can go to the Authentics booth and get these mystery grab bags that have jerseys in them, game-worn jerseys. In fact, I don't think you can see here on YouTube. So yeah, there's like a little bit of dirt or something right here above the Reds logo on the left side of the jersey. But um, it's, it's a game-worn jersey that he autographed. And they start out at the beginning of Reds Fest at $100 as it goes on. And as it gets closer to closing time and closer to them having to pack everything up, they kind of knock the prices down a little bit. So I got it for 75. But, um, what happened was I actually purchased a different Jersey. And when I purchased it, Ken Huber, our friend Ken Huber at obscure X Reds on Twitter, love what he does talking about obscure former Reds and things like that. He's a great follow on Twitter. If you don't already follow him. But he actually purchased this jersey, and he said, "I will trade it to you for the jersey that you buy." And I ended up buying like a Kyle Zimmer jersey. And if you don't know who that is, it's because he was actually a Royals pitcher who the Reds signed to a minor league deal in uh, in spring training of last year. He never appeared in a game for the Reds, but he was on the twenty. He was on the expanded roster for a doubleheader and he just never got into a game. So he has no stats as a red, but he had a jersey that he wore and never got dirty because he never got into the game. But anyway, I traded that for this Jeff Hoffman jersey. So now I have fulfilled my end of the bargain that, you know, before he got hurt last year, Jeff Hoffman was pitching well. And I said at the beginning of his stretch of good pitching, I said, if he becomes a consistently good bullpen pitcher, I'll buy his jersey because I don't think it's going to happen. And Steve held me to that, and well, here we are. I now have a Jeff Hoffman. It's autographed. It's game worn. Even has the Joe Morgan patch on on the sleeve. It's pretty nice too. I, I me and Jeff are about the same size. Um, <clears throat> just kidding. I, I think that I need to lose a little bit more, more weight before <laughs> I wear this any sort of. Um, Uh, consistently. Uh, There was another experience I got the chance to have. uh, Edwin Arroyo and Noel V. Marte were at a photograph booth. And uh, being the two big prospects that the Reds got for Luis Castillo, I, of course, wanted to get a picture with them. But as I asked, uh, or as we got done with the picture, I turned around and I asked uh, Edwin Arroyo a question because we know the power that Noel V Marte has. We don't necessarily know what Edwin Arroyo has. And I said, uh, Edwin, uh, who do you think is going to hit the longer home run? You or Noelvi Marte? Any chance I have to play that video, I'm going to play that video, but, uh, <laughs> Edwin said, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be Noelvi. V. is going to hit the longer home run. But I, I thought that was kind of funny. Cause he even kind of chuckled when he said, he's like, yeah, no, there, there's no chance whatsoever. But honestly, probably the best part of the weekend for me. And, and I think for Steve as well, if he were uh, with me today, I think he would say the same thing. He'll be back in here in a couple of days, but as he's traveling back to Hawaii, but uh, the, the highlight of the weekend was getting to meet, you know, a listener like you, uh, whether or not I got the chance to meet you, but I, I know that I got to meet a bunch of different people. I got to meet Scott uh, from, uh, from up in Dayton uh, at MTG pack foils on Twitter. That was a lot of fun. He's got an interesting story about the uh red legs, uh red leg radio report, their area, and whenever Phil Castellini was on to talk with them. And yes, it's a very interesting story he might tell you on Twitter. Um you know, follow him at MTG Packfoil. Shout out to Andy getting a chance to meet you, uh good friend of Locked On Titans host Tyler Rowland. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun getting to talk with you and, and, and Cam and uh, all of the people I'm, I'm having trouble. I should have written everybody's name down, but it was very nice to get to meet you. Thank you so much for coming up and talking to me. And seriously, if, if there's ever a situation where, you know, if we're at a game or something, if Steve and I are at a game or if I'm just out getting a sandwich of Jersey Mike's or something, and you run into me or something, give me a holler. You know, I don't mind. I love talking to the Reds and I'm just a jerk with a podcast. I mean, I, I would love to talk Reds with you, if you see me, uh, but mark your calendars for the first weekend in December of 2023 next year. Reds Fest is a Reds fest. Reds fest is a can't miss event. And you're absolutely going to want to be there. I'm going to make sure I'm there uh, both days next year. I didn't get the chance to go on Friday and I apparently missed Joey Votto and all his, his bearded glory and all of that good stuff. So that's a bummer, but Next year, I'm definitely going to be there both days, and I encourage you to as well, because even if the present can be a little bit dim, it's still fun to reminisce on the past for the Reds and, and to look forward to the future. But hopefully next December, we'll be talking about a busy off season for the Reds because they're going to have a lot of room with which to maneuver. And I, I kind of want to focus on that on tomorrow's podcast and how this offseason leads into that offseason. And you can almost bridge the gap. It's almost as if there's a wormhole that skips from uh, this offseason to next offseason and bypasses the 2023 regular season. We're going to dive into that on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Reds, though. That's going to wrap us up for this edition of Locked On Reds. Now make sure to go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They have the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions and big game recaps, and they also have the take of the day. Uh, I think you'll find a very interesting chat with Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals about just how much the Cincinnati Bengals own Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's Locked On Sports Today. It's just like Locked On Reds. It's free and available on all platforms, including... Right here on YouTube, uh, as we go through the off, season, Reds Fest is over, unfortunately, I love Reds Fest, but it, it's now past. We are into the winter meetings, and there's so much to do for the Reds, and you're going to be want to lock you're going to be you're going to want to be right here. I got through the whole pod. Uh, you're going to want to be right here with us and be locked on Reds every single day.